Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> Hello, welcome Hello. to Lovejoy, actually, a recap <laughs> podcast about Lovejoy. I'm Helen. I'm Em. And I'm Paul. And yeah, we're talking about some stuff. No. <laughs> We've almost learned how to do an introduction. Almost. This, how many episodes time... have we got left to just get it to perfection? Yeah. <laughs> this time we're talking about series six, episode six, Gosh. the last mm. of the Uzcocks. So yeah, I mean, I think that Polly's saying that she's done a lot of research for this episode, which is I've very good. I've done a shitload. That's a technical term, a Fashion shitload. Term. Yeah, whereas I've done none and I was very tired when I watched it and actually it's slept right. through quite a lot of it. So it's I've all right. Got this. Well, that's a ringing endorsement, isn't it? I've got, I've got a cocktail for it that's appropriate. Oh, yes. Tell us your cocktail, please, Polly. Because obviously it's a Greek-themed cocktail. Yes. I didn't know there was such a thing as a cocktail with ouzo in it, but of course there is. So I chose an ouzo-tini. Ouzo-tini. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds awful. I don't it's got in it. ouzo. Well, it's, it's got nice. in it pineapple juice, ouzo, okay. vodka, lime juice, half a cup of ice and some sugar. Actually, shake it all about and it does look lovely it's quite That's easy amazing. as well it's all nice with the exception summery. of the actual ouzo it's all fairly basic ingredients i think so that's because this episode has a greek theme see i'm i'm not even sure about that because i really yeah i was very well, confused it arguably wasn't it was arguably albanian but one the greek orthodox church was involved yes it was. and also had the best cameo that i don't think either of you noticed no. that i was so excited about no. i can't oh. believe i didn't notice either because i i felt i like was i was gonna say i was watching this with a fine tooth comb it's that so good mixing your metaphors <laughs> it, it, no honestly it was so good and i'm very i was very excited well but we'll come to that, that keep, that's a teaser keep listening it listeners is. for uh, the big reveal of who was the the cameo no um, one else will find it interesting by the way i just point out i will <laughs> and you guys might okay. so i I'm, I'm really i'm overselling it at this point um, it went to under promise and over deliver <laughs> yeah so uh, just a very quick question on the title the uzcocks mm. are they real yes well so this is part I, of your research oh here comes the research i've done so much research i went online and i kind of went down lots of rabbit holes about figuring out oh i i've written down immediately are the Uzcocks not just the Knights Templar? But then they kind of weren't. They're but not. I just wondered if you were going to mention that in your rabbit hole. And I wanted to get I'm, it in I'm there not, first. But I, so I initially thought, oh, they're not real. They've made up this sect. But then I found, or maybe I shouldn't call them a sect, I then found that they did exist. Um, and they were effectively what they call them, which is Christian pirates. But they were spelt with an S, not with a Z. When I the ones that I found, and it, it feels like they have loosely based this on them. But the um, chap who threw communion sets into the sea—that was a thing. No way. Yeah, that was a thing. Was he real? And he was real. And he was real. Uh, most of this was real. I tell you what else was real that Emma's probably looked up because this is much more your scene. Is that um, uh, Dunwich on Sea was real? I, yes, I, 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 I knew about that Dunwich. I know something yeah. about Dunwich. Phew, I do know something. Go on. <laughs> no, well, let's talk about it when we when we get there. But yes, I do know something. Well, that's interesting because I didn't know if they were just like um, fans of the Buzzcocks and needed like a name. And were, this, like... this is a huge tangent. Go on. One minute in. But do you think it was meant to be spelt with the S, but whoever was talking about it was Northern 
And so like that, that Tony Oz Harrison Cox. poem, they wrote oh, it down yeah. as UZ instead of US. Them and us. Us, yeah. yeah. Us. Wasn't it you, Em, who was once asked by a student, what does us mean? Yeah. And you were like, you know, us. Yeah. And I've had that as well. Well, yeah. so anyway, the Uscox, I, I, I did write it down to prove it. I said the, the Uscox were soldiers from Habsburg, Croatia between 1520 and 1618, which is very specific. Mm. And they, they just basically plundered in the name of God, which is, let's face it. I mean, what, if you're going to, yeah. Quite a lot of if you're gonna churches plunder. did and still do. Plunder. So, so there you go. I was going to say about UKTV Play. So I was very excited when I went on UKTV Play to watch this episode because it they changed the format somewhat and it says popular searches that came up and it was the bill yeah <laughs> casualty something else and love joy Woo! yeah so That's just us I, and our fa- us i us think it's because and of our us. fans yeah I think it's all <laughs> that was very exciting so uk tv play summarized this they've they've gone up they've um gone big on the general description of it this time. it's like they've it's like they've finally got the hang of it a few episodes off the end mm. Mm. So it says, Ian McShane's career-making turn as the ace antiques dealer. You see, his career-making turn, really, it was Judas, I would argue, A, a lot of people knew who he was before as a film star, and if there's going to be something that defined him in the wider world, it was probably your man from Deadwood. But would he have got the character in Deadwood if it wasn't for his... Perhaps not. Perhaps that's why. His TV Yeah, so it made his career. And then the actual story, Lovejoy is roped in to trace the roots of a 17th century chalice. Yeah, they, they were exactly like me. They couldn't they couldn't spell the actual name oh, of the bread it. bin, as Tinker called it. So I just kept calling it the bread bin. Did you try about five different spellings of Artiforia and in the end you would go, it's not there, it doesn't exist, it's not a thing, they must call it something else. And it's like Artiforia, which he does pronounce it that way at some point, Artiforia. And I did look it up and they are real and you can find some, again, beautiful pictures Mm. of them. It's just a fancy-ass word for the bit that they keep the wafers in in an Orthodox church. I mean, I I, I just read that description, I was like, classic, classic Lovejoy, 17th century chalice, like we're back on track. I feel like we've not had a sort of Good classic, like um, it's not really a chalice. A chalice no. is the bit that you drink the wine out exactly. of, not the bit you put the bread in. At this point, I didn't know that because I just read but the description. They should have done basic research. Mm. If we can do it, I think they just didn't want to spell out for it. Yeah, but again, just call it a bread bin then. Yeah, that's what I've called uh, it through my entire uh, notes. Uh, a, a godly <laughs> bread bin or something. I don't know. Right now, um, so. Can I just ask a really dumb question? Because I don't really normally watch the titles. So how long? That's a, there's a new picture of Lovejoy at the beginning. Yeah, that's been there for a yeah. while, has it? It's not new. Yes, I think that was the start of this series, wasn't it? It was because he's got short hair again. Yeah, I never, I, I never pay attention. And also the people that wrote this episode, Steve Coombs and Dave Robinson. I... It's a duo. We've had them before. Have we? Yeah. Yeah, because we said, oh, it's a duo. That's exciting. And they wrote, I need to go back in my notes and see which ones. They did definitely write one before, and I think we quite liked it, but I can't remember what it was. There were a lot of um, little jokes that kind of flew under the radar in this one, which actually they were in the last episode, so maybe it's a Series 6 thing. They wrote um, a going concern. Oh, I like that one. Which was, yeah. And uh, we like a double act we every do, now and again. Yeah. Oh, yes, they also wrote The Colour of Money. Ah, oh, another good Which one. you liked, Em. Oh, the billiard. Mary, Queen of Scots, yes, billiard table. Yes, the table. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. So they, they do have, they have form. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely seen them. This is their, I think, third appearance. No, fourth appearance. They wrote Eric of Arabia. <gasps> oh! 
Oh, oh. How, oh my god, how could I not have remembered that? That's so bad. Well, we like them, we like them. We do like them. So the, the beginning goes a, is a bit Star Wars, you know, with like That's the words. That's exactly what I've written. I've written, well, first I've written, whose voice is this? Because there's... I put, is it Martin Jarvis? Did you think it was Martin Jarvis? I, I thought it was somebody that I knew and then didn't look it up. It was but, very, it was a very familiar sounding voiceover, sort of giving the backstory yeah. of the Uzcocks. I was sure I it was Martin was, Jarvis. He was very in at the time, but I couldn't then find it either way. Yeah, I'm just going to say, off the bat, I was a little bit disappointed with this. Having text scrolling up the screen and someone narrating it, because they've never done that in any episodes up until this point, and because I hate it, I hate it. Why do in, you hate uh, it? TV or film when there's um, like narration, I'm like, why are you narrating it? And especially in Lovejoy, Lovejoy could just break the fourth wall and tell us this. And if maybe there's a reason he can't tell us it because he's not meant to know about it, he could do it as a flashback, which he's done before. So it was oh, just driving me mad. I, I was worked. like, this is lazy. Why have they put this bit in the beginning? And I wonder if maybe after they filmed it, they were like, do you know what? This is really confusing. Let's put a framing bit of text at the beginning and get Martin Jarvis in to read it out so people don't get as confused. Because <laughs> it was I to know if it was Martin Jarvis. I couldn't find either way. And I'm actually going to look it up now. I, oh. I liked it because it helped me understand a little bit what was going on. Although I, I, did, have, I did laugh... Because basically it describes who the Earthcocks were, as we've already mentioned, they're mm. Chris, Christian pirates. And the phrase Christian pirates just, it's quite, <laughs> it's a, good, it's quite it? a funny mental image because obviously you think of like a stereotypical, you know, pirate, like Long John Silver type mm. thing, but with like, I don't know, a cross around his neck or like a <laughs> monk's habit. Or anyway, something. surely most pirates work quite well, who can say? Also, history question for you mm. two. Was 1680 the height of the war between Islam and Christianity, like it said in the text? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, I, thought it, I thought it was the Middle Ages. I thought it was. So it depends how you define the height of the, doesn't it? Because that was when all the stuff was going on in the Ottoman Empire, wasn't it? So I, that's what they're referring to, I guess, isn't it, as well? Because that's... I think that, that was the lot. Ottoman Empire. I, I think so, made, too. Because mm. obviously, I mean, it depends. like you say, it depends what the height was. Obviously, there was... Like when the um, the Crusades, that's what I was thinking of. The Crusades were twelve something or other, weren't yeah. they? Because only I know that because they're the first series of Blackadder. <laughs> like late, late, late fifteenth, late fifteenth century. Well, fourteen ninety two, when the uh, Muslims were sort of driven out of and Columbus Spain. sailed the ocean blue. But yeah, in that same year, the 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 Muslims were like you know what's the word kind of driven out of Spain basically. So that was another kind of time when there was a lot of yeah tension but yeah I, I, to be honest yeah I don't know I mean it was I ongoing. think there was a lot going on in the Ottoman Empire at that point but mm-hmm, and I suppose mm-hmm. that's it because isn't didn't the Hagia Sophia wasn't that when the Hagia Sophia became uh, stopped being a mosque and started being a church now it is a mosque again and it had a long period when yeah. it wasn't anything it was a museum and there's been a lot of to do over it anyway I've mind. got something in there to the, to <laughs> the history of this the Hagia Sophia, or the Hagia Sophia, was built between 532 and 537 as a church. It was actually the third church to be built on that site. And it was rebuilt in 994 after an earthquake. It was used as an Eastern Orthodox church until 1453, um, apart from a little break between 1204 and 1261 when it was a Roman Catholic cathedral. Um, but after the fall of Constantinople in 1453, it was converted into a mosque. In 1935, the secular Turkish government turned it into a museum, but as of last year, 2020, it's about to be in a mosque again. Phew. The Hagia <laughs> Sophia, which is not anything to do with at all. Yeah. 
But so, so anyway, so basically, and uh, we learn from this. I can't remember if we learn it in the narration bit, but anyway, there's they've they there's some lost silver. So the Oscocks mm. had this lost silver, which has now turned up at Cavendish Auction House. And who would have thought that it would have shown up in Suffolk one bright, bright spring, spring morning. morning? I mean, it was beautifully written. Um, I can recite this. I'm just I'm just going to put it out there. That I can recite <laughs> this episode. The uh-huh. um, the lost silver bit is why I thought it was going to be all like Knights Templar. And um, it wasn't, and it wasn't <laughs> at all. So I was a bit wrong-footed, actually. I was like, "Oh yeah, I get this. Holy Grail, got it, got it, got it. Chalice. That's what UK TV Play told me." Um, and then it's it's not a chalice; it's a silver bread bin that belongs to Lord Dunwich. But yes. yeah. the Greek Orthodox Church in London say Charlotte's got it; she's going to auction it off. But the Greek Orthodox Church have sent her a fax saying it's Lord ours. Dunwich, who was just a bit of a tit. He was awful, wasn't he? He was just horrid. He was just slimy. I didn't like him at all. He so, yeah, so basically, so, yeah, Charlotte's got this uh, silver belonging to the Oscox. Yeah, because I, I did wonder when we when we first see the Greek Orthodox people, because, you know, it's a bit like in Lovejoy sometimes. So I was like, hmm, they look like Greek Orthodox uh, people. <laughs> you but were on to them. Helen was on to them. <laughs> no, no, but are they? Because obviously sometimes in Lovejoy it's like you think they're one thing, but they're not. Yeah. Anyway, but love they were. Lovejoy dress up, Lovejoy dress yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, anyway, so they, they some are, of yeah, them so, are. We find that so we we find out that some of them are and some of them aren't. Yeah. And then um, Charlotte doesn't know what to do about this. Like with the Greek, what should we she do about the Greek Orthodox people wanting it back? And so she calls Lovejoy, and he's in Dunwich, working with Lady Dunwich. Mm. Well, yeah. So all I know about Dunwich is that there, because my partner is very into cycling, is that there is a cycling thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think it's a race called the Dunwich Dynamo. Um, which is basically where a lot of people every year, I think it's normally around this time of I year. I thought actually. he was a Yorkshire magician, so there you go. That's the Dunwich Dynamo. That's the Bradford Dynamo. Yeah. <laughs> so every every year, in fact, it's normally around this time of year, but I'm guessing it may, may not be happening this year for pandemic related reasons. Mm. I haven't heard yes. anything about it. They all gather in East London at London Fields and they cycle throughout the night to Dunwich oh, oh, wow. and then they okay. arrive in Dunwich sort of at dawn because it's like midsummer and realise it's not there anymore and then they jump, all jump into the sea <laughs> oh, oh so, that sounds lovely and then it's all very and then there's all like because it's like obviously all, along all these little country lanes in like the dark and there's all these little like people set up like little um, vans where they set, serve like bacon rolls people in the middle of the night and there's all oh. like coffee and stuff and it's all very like yeah, it sounds lovely. I mean, I'd never do it because it's a long way mm. to go on your bike. I mean, it must be, what, 130 miles? It's a long way, yeah. All right, anyway, here's, here's a quite stupid question. Where's Dunwich? On the Suffolk <laughs> coast. Got it, got it, got it. That makes sense. That's why Lovejoy was there. And that's why Lord Dunwich is using Cavendish auctions for his... It, um, well, and, and as we find out at the very end, he doesn't want to give it anywhere... He doesn't want it to go to sell anywhere too prominent. Yeah, because he doesn't want to attract attention. He th- he thinks it'll attract unwanted attention. Yeah, and and therein lies the plot. Basically, yeah. that is the plot. And Lovejoy's in Dunwich because he's working for Lady Dunwich, looking for some pictures because Lady Dunwich is absolutely bonkers. She was. So I cool. love her. I, I think love she's her. Awesome. She's and she's brilliant. she's played by Ian McShane's wife, right? Have I made this up? again? No, she's played by Ian McShane's wife. Um, looking looking remarkably like uh, Katrina or Catriona or whatever her name was, and uh, Lavinia. Venice. Yeah, from Venice. Looking very much like them. <laughs> yeah, and yet 
and yet not. Um, and uh, yeah, she's after some. She, she collects these pictures, sort of line drawings, aren't they? I think by this chap called Charles Keane, who again was real. He was eighteen twenty three to eighteen ninety one. Oh, well Hornsey. Done, I used to live in Hornsey. So, so did Helen. In fact, yeah, technically we Lovely. lived in Hornsey, which sounds much better than where we actually lived, which was sort of. Well, Haringey, not the arse end of Haringey, but you know we'll call it Hornsey because it sounds good. And um, yeah, so she's collecting these pictures because they are pictures of the village that drowned. Yeah, and she believes that she uh, has been reincarnated, but she used to basically be Lady of the Manor of exactly the same manor, but when she actually had a town to be Lady yeah. of. And she's so, so she's sank. returned to this place, but Dunwich itself, coastal erosion or whatever. It had slipped into the sea hundreds of years before. But these pictures that Charles Keane has done have done it before it crumbled into the ocean. So, yes, yeah, obviously. Well, not, the, not, sea, not, the sea. Didn't imagine. I that. think we can call the North Sea the ocean. Yeah, we've done this before on this podcast. <laughs> where I've gone the ocean. You two. I are think like, we called the Irish down. Sea the ocean and the English <laughs> Channel. The English Channel. You definitely called the ocean when Pete Postlethwaite was on it on a little boat. Oh, he's oh, on the ocean. Sorry. No, he's not. He's on the. Busiest yeah. shipping lane in the world. Yeah, and also the North Calais Sea is over. The North Sea is pretty manky bit of water as well. Mm. Like. It really is. Yeah. It's, all, it's so, completely like grey, isn't it? Grey and brown. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so Lady Dunnish is this eccentric American. And, yeah, she wants these uh, sketches of the town, that, which, again, which is real, which is under the sea. Um, because she's missing... She's got the whole collection except a couple. I don't know if this is all the sketches he did or because she talks about having a slightly incomplete collection i think it's so. meant to be all the sketches you did of this particular of dunwich on sea yeah and so so, so obviously lovejoy says that he'll try and find them for her that's like his his job and tinker remembers that he's seen them he saw them somewhere quite recently yeah so, oh, they, they were sold to someone who was it and he's trying to remember and in the meantime, yeah, I mean, I, I tried to write Artiforium art here. I mean, my spelling <laughs> of it. But yes, yeah, so, so when they talk about silver bread bins, so straight away I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's where they put the communion wafers. So I, I was on the ball with that. This is before I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I was, so then it was a bit of a, I mean, I think it was just a coincidence, wasn't it, that Lovejoy was working for Lady Dunwich to get her these sketches. Meanwhile, yeah. Lord Dunwich had given his Artiforium to... Cavendish auction house to sell it, and it's yeah. all connected up but it was just chance I think wasn't it and I suppose if um, you're in Suffolk there's only be, so yeah. many auction houses aren't there so and maybe there's only so many divvies because she she loves that Lovejoy's a divvy and she meets Tinker later on and she loves that he's divvy doesn't she Lady Dunwich so yeah she thinks that's great the weird thing is as well that's they're, they're in they're in so this conversation is taking place in Lovejoy Antiques they're talking about the sketches they're talking about the the, the, the bread bin and what they're going to do with it and things like that and then all the while, there's this random woman just standing who turns there. up, and, oh, she yes. just, and she's just standing there, and they just let her stand there, even though obviously, like, it's by appointment only. So as well, I think it was a little bit like the woman in black. And she was just there. She's just standing like, there. She yeah. doesn't say anything. She just stares with this penetrating gaze. And it was very yeah. odd. So then you're like, so there's basically this mystery woman, but we don't have a clue what she's doing. Yeah, and then <laughs> Tink remembers who bought the sketches, and it was. Charlie Gimber. Charlie Gimber. And then I got excited because I thought, oh, yeah, I see Charlie. We've seen him for a while. And, and then um, we didn't see him. He's not at saying. home. Charlie Gimber is not at home, I've written. <laughs> but, but arguably, the person that we did see was actually... I mean, I thought the whole thing was so funny. 
Yeah. I was very excited as well when two years later the same actor was in an Inspector Calls, which I was I went and saw because I was doing it for my GCSEs, and I was like, oh, he was. Oh, in he's Love very Joel. good, isn't he? What's his name? John he's Barden. very good. Have I made that. Up? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I just thought Jim Branning. Uh, as we Branning. know him, Jim Branning from EastEnders. EastEnders. Yeah. 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 Dot's yeah. husband. They won Best Couple at the TV Soap Awards. I remember that in the early well, there 2000s. You go. Jim oh, and Dot. Bless them, Jim and Dot. But yeah, so the weird thing is, they're like Charlotte's. You know, um, so she's got this artifoium to sell. The Greek Orthodox Church won it back. And so she's like, and Lovejoy was like, it's fine, look, you know, all you've got to do is get Lord Dunwich to say yeah, where we got it from. We got it. And then she can prove that it's not theirs, that it doesn't, that it might have been that, you know, it doesn't belong to them. And yeah. then that's fine. And so yeah. it's like, yeah, you, we'll sort it. You think, but, oh, this is going to be a nice, easy, short episode, then, isn't it? It's yeah. all going to be, but no. But no, because Lord Dunwich refuses to say where he got the artiforium from. So... They this must happen. I'm re- I reckon this must happen all the time, particularly with religious objects or even with things like, I mean, on a much grander scale, I guess the Parthenon marbles. You know, there must be all sorts of things that, that are, are kind owned. Of here, but... Or the big thing it's happening with now, actually, is um, Jewish art that was plundered by the Nazis. Yeah. But actually has changed hands then so many times that some poor bugger's got this, got art that every now and then is being tracked down. And they yeah. say, well, I know you bought it legitimately. And the person you bought it off bought it legitimately. But actually none of you had it legitimately because. Yeah. Because three it or didn't four belong to, to generations the ago it belonged to someone else. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and it does obviously raise suspicions then. So you're like, when I was like, oh, he seems a bit dodgy, this Lord Dunge. Maybe he did nick it. Off yeah. the Greek he's just an arsehole. I mean, he, he comes across as, you know, a, a modern pirate. I mean, not admittedly yeah. one that goes plundering in the sea and that, but he's he's the, he's the sort of modern day equivalent, isn't he? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit at home and buy things and cheat people out of their money and yeah. you know gamble gamble and all of this. Is you this know. where we learn the name of the saint who's on the silver bread bin? Who? Surely was Tinker. Delib- deliberately looks like Tinker. Yeah. And then they sh- they actually show a, a, a bigger close-up of it later on and it's a little bit creepy. Yeah, it's funny. So, I, just, I don't know if this is like... I mean, we mentioned this already, but this is where, yeah, Tink goes to see Gimbert to, to try and get the sketches, um, buy the sketches back off him. And he finds Jim Branning um, there <laughs> acting very strangely. It's like, why are you here? What's going on? The, this person is, is not a fan of Gimbert. Char- yeah, of Charlie. Not a fan. Like at all. But then it turns I out that it's, it. his, it's his old man. Do you it's know what, though? This, I I think that this is going to... You know how Emma has expressed um, kind of sympathy for him? For Charlie, I almost yeah. For Charlie. I almost felt that because he has obviously tried to get away from everything that this guy is, who is, let's face it, a little bit like Steptoe and Son style, <laughs> like, isn't he? He's this sort of... Yeah. London... It's like an old spiv. Yeah, he is an yeah. old spiv. And and Charlie has tried so hard to be... I mean, and he's a prat in doing it, really, because mm. he, he's distanced himself. But he's obviously just so ashamed and doesn't want to be. And yet they're so similar, as as is mentioned throughout this episode. They have a lot in common. And do you think that um, Jim Branning's character... I can't actually remember his name. Obviously, Mr. Gimbert. It's Wally Gimbert. Wally Gimbert. Wally Gimbert, that's it, yeah. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't really seem like he's old enough to be Gimbert's dad. Oh, I don't know. I get the feeling Gimbert didn't age well because he's he's someone who drinks too much port. Yeah, and, how old do you, you think know. Gimbert is? Like 52, 53? 50, yeah, and this guy's meant to be like 80, isn't he? Oh, is he? Oh, okay. oh no, I reckon this guy could be like early 70s, but you can have a kid when you're 20, especially if you're I a know. bit of a white boy. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I know. I just thought he'd, I mean, yeah, he just didn't sit quite seem old enough. Anyway, so yeah, so, so Tinker's at, at Gimbert's with his dad. And then who who turns up there as well but the mysterious, mysterious woman lady again. with her hat. It did just remind me of the woman in black. Not the not the useless remake, but the old one. She's like a very one. sort of stern, quite stern looking middle-aged lady dressed in black. Mm. We don't know what she's yeah. doing. Anyway, so then, then yeah, Lovejoy goes to Provenance, the artiforium, just to try... Because they're like, okay, right, well, if you won't say where you got it from, at least if Lovejoy can have a look and try and figure out yeah. where it might yeah. be from, we can try yeah. and sort out this mess with the Greek Orthodox. And I think he likes is, a challenge and he thinks he's going to make an easy book out of it. And this, he? Yeah, and obviously Charlotte's going to pay him. And she's desperate. She's like, name your price. You know, just, I, I just need this sorting out. I need, you know. Um, so I think this is where they we find out that there's a saint on it. And then the name, do they say the name? Pa- they did, and I've written it down. Hang on. Pangalos. 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 Yeah, something. Pangalos. 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 Right. And he was, it was a, like a, a breakaway church, which churches were always doing at this at this time. There was some church, I can't remember, I think it was some branch of the, of the Greek Orthodox Church. Someone's going to correct me now, but I remember my husband learning about it in his uh, history degree, and they broke away over whether you should cross yourself with three fingers or two fingers. And that split the church. And I love that. That, for oh, me, sums up all too. the problems it's with so organised religion. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy. Well, clearly it should be three because that represents the Trinity. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, if, if we've been in charge, problem solved. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so they're, they're discussing it. So the fact that, yeah, that has got this image of this of Pangalos, who was this saint who inspired this breakaway church. We don't know quite what caused them to break away. Or I, I didn't catch it if it was mentioned. But then... Then, as if by magic, some bloke from the Church of Pangalos turns up and, mm. and, and says, no, this is our artiforium, which, I mean, kind of, there's a bit more acclaim there because it does have a little picture yeah. of their guy. It's got, yeah, it's got their a guy. He's it. our guy. That's like me claiming that, you know, oh, well, the England team is mine because, you know, Jordan Pickford was once on loan <laughs> to Bradford City. I just <laughs> yeah. want to point that out to anyone who's listening because that was my moment of glory last night. Oh, lovely. Oh, but yeah, and so this guy isn't from the Greek Orthodox Church. He's from yet another church. So now we've got the Greek Orthodox Church say the bread bin is theirs. The Church Lo- of Pangalos. The Church of Pangalos there. says, well, it's obviously ours because it's got a picture of our man on it. Um, and Lord Dunwich says, no, it's mine, but he won't say where he got it from. And Charlotte wants Lovejoy to just provenance the bread bin so um, so she can sell it because without, without it, she... She could get done for handling stolen goods, I guess. Yeah. So, so Lord Dunwich is just very, very key. So, the, the, so Lovejoy, Beth, and Tinkle go to see Lord Dunwich. I think to try and sort this out. You know, because they just want to like, yeah. He get really is such a prick. He's so arrogant. He's so shit to Beth. He's just a prat. Sorry, yeah. I, and sorry, I got, I've got it out my system now. I got really annoyed at this bit. Basically, Lord Dunwich is like, look, I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, I, I'm not gonna tell you where I got it from, and you know, I'm not gonna give you any, I'm not gonna help you basically to provenance yeah. this item. And he's like, and, and you in can't fact, provenance it anyway because the whole period is undocumented so what you know what's the point i'll pay mm. you to prove there is no provenance yeah and that really annoyed me because he says yeah i'll pay you to prove there isn't a provenance for this item how can you do that you can't, you can't prove, prove a negative nothing you can't, why... prove, yeah. you can't prove a negative how can you prove that there is no proof you can't so lord is stupid but but he says oh yeah i'm gonna so i'm gonna pay you to um uh establish that there isn't provenance and he does say, to be fair, Lovejoy says, I don't understand, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But he also says, yeah, I'll take your money. 
That'll take you Which, money. I mean, um, fair enough. And because actually, Lord Dunwich kind of encouraging. He said, look, yeah. the more you try and find out that there is a provenance and you don't find it, which this yeah. bit does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the more does. you search and you don't find it, that lends weight to my argument that you're yeah. not finding it because it's not there, like you're saying. Yeah. So, so yeah, but it's all a bit, it's, oh, it's getting a bit silly. And it is interesting. And actually, you know that Lovejoy, he does love a mystery and he loves a... Um, uh, antique <laughs> and he loves it well he loves antiques he loves a mystery and um he likes a challenge so actually this is, yeah. you know this does make sense and it is intriguing and imagine getting paid for it as well so it's what you really and like he's getting doing. paid for it and he's Bingo. not just getting paid for it once he's going to get paid for it twice and he gets paid so either far. way so, so if he far. does find a provenance he gets paid if he doesn't find a provenance he gets paid so he's happy yeah. then mysterious hat lady goes to see charlie's dad so oh, this, yeah. at this point i thought she's after the sketches yeah, she's all, I was like, oh, she also is after these sketches. They must, you know, maybe she's a relative of Charles Keane, or maybe she's, I don't know. I just, yeah, because she she's asking him about the sketches, but then I don't know. And then she offers five hundred pounds for one of these sketches. She only wants one of them. Mm. I'm not quite sure. What I the... was really flummoxed by this subplot. I didn't get it. I think this is something to do with the fact that they have the artiforium. She wants the artiforium or knows something about the artiforium and she knows that the wife is after the full set so she's using it as like levity, oh, isn't she? Isn't that yeah. the idea? I mean, that makes I think, sense. I think it's a kind of, yeah, weigh in with Lady Dunwich to say, I mean, you know, it's I've kind of an elaborate but it, it sort of makes sense although, again, it, it sort of slightly went over my head but that's what she's doing. Yeah. She's she's going to have that final picture because she knows that that's what's needed to complete the set. And that's why she doesn't buy them both, she just buys one. Yeah. And then um, talking of Lady Dunwich, <laughs> this is where we get Lady Dunwich with Tinker, who she insists on calling Tinky. Tinky! She's like a Tinky big Winky. fan, isn't she? Lo- Lady Dunwich is a big fan of Lovejoy and of Tink. She just thinks yeah. they're great. Like, I mean, so are we. We understand yeah. that. That's when she said, and you must be Tinky. <laughs> Tinker. He's just like, leave me alone, you horrid woman. <laughs> she's not. She's lovely. I love her. I mean, she's mad, but I love her. <laughs> she's she's, a, she's hilarious. Yeah, she's she, so yeah, and I think partly because of her charms. Yeah, Lovejoy does agree to to the the deal with Dunwich to say, yeah, okay, I'll prove that there's no provenance. But she doesn't make sense. Um, and then we see Charlotte wrestling with a percolator. <laughs> <laughs> This is a woman who can't use a mouse. She's already shown herself to not be particularly au fait with all mod cons. But she's a bit cross, isn't she? Like, she pretends... She, she's found out that Lovejoy is also I'm working... I'm not annoyed, she says. Yes, I'm not, not annoyed. Not bothered. Not bothered. <laughs> so basically, she's not bothered that Lovejoy is also working for Lord Dunwich as Because well as people her. who are not bothered say that they're not bothered and not annoyed all the time. That's what people who aren't bothered about something do. I'm they talk fine. about it. It's the equivalent of I'm fine. Because yeah. yeah. she's so not bothered that she just talks about it all the time. So, yeah. About how unbothered she is. I mean, she's, she's very really clear that she's not bothered, she's not bothered, bothered. You know? But then this is what, and then this we go out to Lady Dunwich, just where we discover that she yeah she believes in past lives and she has had all these past lives. You know, many, she's been she's been many people. Yeah, I had a bit of a shock, a horrible shock here because, and I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, and if I haven't, I'm sure I've said it to both of you in the pub. I 100% subscribe to past life theory, and I believe that you only know about 100 people in your lifetime particularly well. And that every lifetime around, they turn up again, but they're somebody different. So your brother in your past life might just be like the guy in the corner shop in this life who you get on with. Or like your, I don't know, 
your teacher in one life might be like your son in another life or something like this. That I've always believed that that is my, and that's why sometimes when you meet someone you really click with them. I'm like, well, of course, mm. past lives. So who were um, we in your past lives? But I don't yeah. know who I was in my past. Maybe I'm I was intrigued really to find know. Out. Maybe but I was she, your mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she said, but she says, so in my past lives, Tinker, you must have been there. Lovejoy must have been there. And I was like, oh my god. Did I get my bloody past life theory that I've been banging on about in the pub as sort of a cute joke from bloody Lovejoy? I mean, that would just be typical. From Lovejoy when you typical. were 14. I, I'd love that. What is yeah. she? Oh, yes, yeah, she says, oh, you would have been one of those men that went around and, and, and sort of sold things. What, a tinker? <laughs> like yes. A tinker. yes. One, one, someone went around fixing things. Fixing <laughs> things, that was it. Sorry, I will say there have been yeah. two good jokes that we haven't mentioned. That was a good one, yeah. That was Wait, good one. one was... Um, uh, somebody said to to Lovejoy about Charlotte, but w- w- would she actually do that? What about her ethics? And he says, oh, she's, oh, she's not, not an, an ethics, ethics girl. girl. Um, but there's another one where he talks about they talking about Charlie, and he says, oh look, Charlie's dad's there. And Lovejoy's like, oh that's really strange. And they say, what Charlie buying the pictures? And he's like, no, that Charlie has a dad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <really> <laughs> but it just completely flies under the radar. I was like, this yeah, is well written. It's this very, one. very, very good. It is beautifully written. But they have, if you look back at the episodes they've done, they've been very funny, and they they've mm. been quite subtly funny, which I like. You know, as opposed mm. to some of them that are a bit slapstick funny, or yeah, you know, they've been they are really good writers. I can just see you often get that with double acts though, because they um they bounce things off yeah. each other. So I think yeah, I agree. It's very good. So then Lady Janet gets quite annoyed. So basically, so Gimbert's dad has sold this one sketch to the mysterious, mysterious lady because he, and he thinks he's done a great thing. He's like, oh, I managed to sell it. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. Good job. But actually then when Lady Dunwich turns up wanting both sketches and she finds that there's only one, she gets very, very upset. She wants the other sketch and she's going to squeam and squeam until she's thick. No, she, or she's not. She, pretty, she hold, literally does she's do gonna, that though. She's going to hold her breath Oh, this was that was it. it was oh, I so forgot weird. That. Until, until she gets it, which makes no sense. I mean, What's going to happen? You can't Is she gonna hold. Act- how long can you hold your breath for? Can you physically hold your breath until I you can like, hold pass mine out for about something? a minute? I don't think you. I mean, but also, can you hold it until you? What happens at and the end of holding also, your breath? Even if you she did die, hold her breath, you can't until die. She from I think you pass out and then you come to again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So even if she could hold her breath for long enough to pass out. What what's achieved? Think, she's passed out. Okay, she I mean, can come round in a second when she breathes again. I mean, that's serious mind over matter to be able to to fight the urge to actually breathe enough to pass out. I mean, is that even a thing? I, I, I it annoyed me because I was like, because they seemed really concerned that she was holding her breath. It's like just let her do Tink it. Tink was sort of timing yeah. her, wasn't he? He was like, oh, three minutes. Three minutes, three minutes. which is which is quite a long time. But we I, could we could create a very boring podcast by all holding our breaths now <laughs> and seeing how long we could do it for. I mean, I, I think it, I, I think I can hold my breath for quite a long time. I don't think I, I can mean, hold my breath for more than thirty seconds. I'm not gonna I lie. Can do it for a minute, but that's because I sing. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yes, you two yeah. can do proper yeah, breath that's, control. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So cool. we sort of learn to hold our breath. Yeah. Certainly not three minutes. That's taking the piss. No, I think I, I think I have do have a vague memory once I manage to maybe do two minutes. But yes, I mean that's a long, 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 long time. It's so bizarre. So she holds her breath for three minutes and then she kind of they, they're like, okay, fine, we'll get you the other sketch back for you. I mean, <laughs> I mean why? why? Yeah, so you're a pushover. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and very, then very and then odd. she goes, you can arrange a price with Tinky. <laughs> Poor Tinky, he bloody hates her. Poor old Tinky <laughs> oh. does not look thrilled. And in the meantime, the auction is happening. So the or artifact is being. So Charlotte's decided just to sell it anyway. She's not going to get any proof either way. Mm. 
you know, as far as she knows, it is Lord Dunwich's. It's all above board, so she's going to sell it and get rid of this problem that way. Um, so the auction's happening. The Church of Pangalos guy is there. And he has, he has, I do have proof that this belongs to my church. And what he's got is a picture from a museum in Greece of like mm. the matching, the rest of the communion set that has like the same pattern, the same, the same pictures. The same the picture matching, of Tinker on it. <laughs> the matching <laughs> sets. And he's like, look, this, this belongs to us. This is the same one. Yeah, this must be part of the set. Look, I can prove it. Mm. So this, which seems legit. I've just written Return of the Weird Bishop here. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit odd. He's a bit odd. But then, then Lord Dunwich is also there at the auction, and then he reveals that he he has the full set. So yeah, it's, so and he, he has does, the set. and he actually does have the and full he does. set. Um, so it can't be the same as the one that was in the museum in Athens. Um, <laughs> then I've written down this entire quote from Charlotte. I want to make it absolutely clear. She says this to Lovejoy. I want to make it absolutely clear that you do not annoy me, and that is what makes you so infuriating. So... <laughs> As I, yes, I know, I know some people. <laughs> you don't annoy me. I really wish you did because it would just be a lot easier. Um, yeah, because it's very, it's very true, isn't it? It's a very yeah. true statement. Her auction's been wrecked. The provenance still hasn't been sorted out. And you've just increasingly yeah. every few minutes, somebody else turns up with a claim to it. Yeah. And Kate keeps going, oh, you must be very annoyed. And she's like, I'm not. I'm not. I am not annoyed. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is where the priest, the Pangalos priest, I guess, tells Lovejoy about the Uzcocks. Yes. Yes. About the history of the Uzcocks and who they were and what they used to do and all of that. I've just, I, I got, I got bored in the previous scene where Kate is standing. I just wrote, I like Charlotte's scarf. And my mind was yes. starting to wander at this it point. Was a nice scarf. So like, so yeah, so the, 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 the priest or bishop or whatever he is from the Church of Pangloss also offers Lovejoy money to provenance this item because trying to prove that it belongs to the Church, Church of Pangloss. And um, also I've just written, why has he randomly got Uzo? Yeah, at this point, when they're, so they're on the beach. Um, this I hope guy... you can see now how appropriate the Uzo teeny is to this episode <laughs> yeah. and how how much effort I put into it. I don't just go and, you know, roll yeah. dice. I think hard about these things. So while they're on the beach, the priest is getting increasingly pissed on Uzo. And at this point, I would just like to point out, I wrote down, I don't think this boy is a priest. Because he's well, he's drunk on Uzo, and then but then I've written down, his church sacrificed everything to the Uzcocks, and they paid them back by converting to Islam. So <laughs> he's, he's really cross, and that's why he's drunk. And he, he wants, and this is so where he reasons. wants, um, he wants Lovejoy to prove that Lord Dunwich actually nicked the set, so he's now also going to pay him, like we just said. Um, and then I've just written, littering. Because he throws his empty <laughs> bottle of Uzo into the sea. And, and now I was to the nub of so the mad. At least it's glass, I suppose. And it's quite nice when you find sea glass that's been rolled in the waves for years and years. But I was like, don't throw your bloody bottle of Uzo into the sea. For goodness sake. Anyway, and then we start learning about treasure trove stuff. Yes. I've written so, down, this is why archaeologists hate metal detectorists. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this the point that we go to some. Some Greek Orthodox monks all debating from the who were presumably the ones from the actual Greek Orthodox I Church. I think so because I when earlier on we were talking on WhatsApp and you said the monk, I was like, I don't think I even wrote down, but I remember the church was beautiful. 
Yeah, they're in a beautiful church and a Greek because Orthodox churches are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Have you ever have you been to Sofia, either of you guys? Because it's, it's yeah. like the, the yeah the church the cathedral in Sofia, which yeah. I think is Greek Orthodox, but it, is it or is it? Uh, there's lots of different Orthodox branches, aren't there? I don't want to get the it. Could be Russian Orthodox because it could be Russian Orthodox. That's what I'm thinking. It might actually be Russian R- Russian Orthodox, but Orthodox churches are. Very elaborate, lots of gold, all of that. And we see these these monks again talking about kind of, you know, this communion set, this is ours, etc. This is where your famous face comes in. Do you have any idea who it was? I don't... I, I'm so intrigued now because... Neither I, I, of you are going to care, but I was very excited. It's a guy called Richard Marner. Do you know what he was in? No. He was in a lower low. <laughs> Well, who was he in a little he, he, he was Lieutenant Gruber's boss. He was the very sweet colonel. The one The one who's got a really big role in it. Yeah, he got a really big role in it, and that was him. He looks exactly the same in this. How did I not see that? He's got a big bushy beard. He's got a big old oh, Greek beard, but he was the the, the very you know that he was in. He was one of the only characters that's I think was in the like every series right through to the end of a lower low. Oh. I love a low low so much. I love and I love a low low. I think it's you just two want to do a low low podcast. It. I do know that. I, do. I would. We've talked die. about it a lot <laughs> on this podcast. A low low and Richard Marner was in this and had quite a bit. It was. I think it was one of his last roles as well. Yeah, I wonder if there's an Alo Alo podcast that you could go and both guest on. Do you know? No, so I went. I looked. I have looked, and there is not. Which well, is that, a shame. I'm going to say oh, that is a gap in the market. What, what would what would we call it? We'd call it Alo goodbye or oh. say goodbye wave. Alo uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Alo again's quite good. Alo again's Alo quite again. good. I like That's that. a good one, actually. Um, yeah, we'll just call it good moaning. But anyway, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, metal detectorists and the treasure trove rules. Because <laughs> we're so, all waiting, we're all looking at you. Go on, Em, tell us about them. Tell us. Be- I, this is your thing. You're really into this all this. This is my aren't thing. You? This is this is treasure so my trove, thing that, right. I, that I actually haven't written anything down. So I'm going to do this from memory. Yes, go because on. Because this scene where they talk about the rules around um, finding treasure, is the um, Chekhov's gun. Yes. Because it's it's quite a quick scene, and basically, I don't even know who's... All I've written for my notes is, this is why archaeologists hate metal detectorists. Mm. <laughs> it's basically, if you find treasure because you're metal detecting, or you're maybe diving, or you're just lucky and you look under a tree and there's some gold, I don't know. You have to report that. Oh, shit, that. some gold. <laughs> yeah. Who left that there? Oh, if you're mudlarking on the Thames, which you can't do yes. without a licence because of this, if yeah. you find something that is worth money, you have to report it to, I, I can't remember who, the Treasury, I guess. And I think then, it's the Treasury, isn't it? And then they do it, and then it belongs to the Crown. I wanted to make sure we had these rules down, so I went and did a bit of research, but it's kind of complicated. Um, so I've put a link to the UK government's web pages about it in the show notes in case you're that interested. Um, the main thing I discovered is that you must report treasure to the local coroner within 14 days of finding it. Um, and if you don't, you could be hit with a hefty fine or a short prison sentence. Um, but if it's wreck material, you have to report it to somebody called... The receiver of wreck. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Because <laughs> it is literally treasure, and it that's mm. the, the property of the crown, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But there's a rule where if you can prove that it was deliberately discarded, so it yes. wasn't like hidden after a robbery or hidden to keep it safe because of 
a literally a throwaway line in this bit. They say, but if it's discarded deliberately, then that doesn't matter. It's yours to keep. But none mm. of this was... And then and then they kind of say, I think, something like, but we think Dunwich has stolen it. Like, it, nothing was discarded oh, deliberately. Yeah, yeah. Because Pangalos, this is what he used to do, mm. he would... I don't know why he started doing this. And maybe Polly <laughs> might do, because I know she, that she researched this. But he was a, a real person a historical person and he would go to the sea and he would bid the sea he would do like a water ritual to stop the sea from coming in and flooding so like Dunwich falling into the water with coastal erosion or whatever or places that flood he got a reputation for he can stop this from happening it's like a reverse King Canute who couldn't do it also, I don't know how to pronounce it. I was King about Canute. to say reverse King Canute. But I, I did try and look this up. And if you look this up, the top thing that comes up is actually Lovejoy Season 6, <laughs> Episode 6. And you can actually get you can actually get the script. The script is online for this, which is not the case for very many episodes. So I think we should post it in the show notes. Yes. Oh, that's, that's really cool. good. That's how, and that's also how we'll learn how to pronounce the word for uh, holy bread. Spell the word for, yeah. It is, yeah. no, pronounce it is an artiforium, but spelling it is a problem. Oh, awesome. But yeah, Pangloss would do this water ritual by basically taking the communion set, the silver communion set, and giving it up to the waves as a way of saying, it was like a, it, here you go, it was God. Like a, <laughs> it was like a much, um, it was basically a uh, much less bloodthirsty uh, sacrifice yes, to God exactly. than giving up. Perfect. Like killing your son on the mount of whatever it was, wasn't it? Or, yeah. or sacrificing a virgin. And, all and there that. is there is a water ritual that is performed on, um, or or was allegedly performed in the past, um, that you do on um, Maundy Thursday, where you go into the sea and you put alcohol and gruel, like porridge, into the sea, and you sort of you encant and say, "Dear gods, whatever." Here, I'm giving you this stuff so you give us a good harvest back. Shout out to folklorist Liza Frank, who actually performed this Gruel Thursday ritual as part of her Everyday Law project. I love it so much, so I've put a link in the show notes. And it's like a, you know, so putting things into the sea to get something back or into any water. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, I mean, again, I think if, if you look into it, and I, I haven't, but then I think there's there's a lot of rituals associated with the sea because it was probably one of the biggest killers, wasn't it? Fishermen mm. and, and, and just and people trading and all sorts of things. The sea was... And you're kind of reliant on it not to... It had a mind of its own. It, village. Yeah, yeah, and buried the village. But, you know, na- nature could um, yeah. very quickly conspire against you. So I get why, I get why people did oh, it. I did really enjoy this episode. I uh, absolutely love this episode. I think it's, Well, it combines a lot of the things that I quite like. Mm. So, so then we, then we, so yeah, basically the conclusion of that conversation is Lovejoy still thinks that Lord Dunwich has just nicked it and that's why it's being so cagey. But I think the whole reason that Lord Dunwich is going through all this is that Lord Dunwich thinks Lord Dunwich has nicked it. Yeah. And wants to be able to sell it without getting it taken away from him because he knows the thing about finding treasure, but doesn't know, as M said, that extra bit about the unless. Mm. He doesn't Mm. know the get out clause. So then we... But we, the, the mysterious lady returns, but we she actually speaks. She yeah. does. And she reveals that she's Albanian and that she she is the last of the Uzcocks. Yeah, of the title. Says. She is. And she makes a great um, comment. Her name is Lara Iskander. And um, 
There's a wonderful uh, Lady Dunwich talks about Tinker and said he's a divvy man K. And she says, I don't want the man K, I want the organ grinder. <laughs> and I thought that was great. Um, and meanwhile, the people from the Greek Orthodox Church in London are like, this other guy, your Pangalos guy, Father Nikos? Niarchos. Niarchos. Niarchos, that's it. The Greek Orthodox Church in London like, that guy is not a priest. And I was like, yes! I knew that when he got drunk on the beach. Because (laughs) Niarchos, well, I've seen a lot of priests get drunk, to be fair. Well, Niarchos, so the only problem with Niarchos is he's been dead for 300 years. Mm. That's, That's the issue. But also, he's not exactly picked a... Because his actual name, the guy's actual name is Nicky. We've seen him at the very, very beginning when he storms off and gets into his open-top car. Oh, my God, I didn't pay any attention. That's drives terrible. away. Yes, you do. At the very beginning, we were yes. both staring no, at No, you're right, because like, not... I know why he... Later yeah, on, cause it, yeah. it opens what? with horrible, smarmy, awful Lord Dunwich beating him at cards. Mm. Oh. And he storms off and she says, what's wrong with Nicky? And he goes, bad loser, darling. I and will I think, say, Nicky, when Nicky was beaten at cards, I just thought he was a sort of slightly handsome man with a receding hairline. But when he's being Father Niarchos, he's got like the whole orthodox setup. So he's covering his hair. He's got a huge beard. Like he's, You wouldn't recognise so, him. As, so, he is in disguise. I didn't yeah, catch but, that. I didn't catch that. So... so Nikki knows Lord Dunwich, so is yes. he trying to get the Arthurian? Nikki's in debt to Lord Dunwich, and we find out later on that Nikki is also working for Lord Dunwich yeah. to pay off his debt. It's a very elaborate. I mean, I come to it at the end. We'll yeah. explain it all to you, Helen. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. So yeah, so the Albanian lady, the last of the Oscox, she's also saying that it's this this Arthurian is hers because I guess it belonged to the Oscox. I mean, did they yeah. plunder it from someone? I didn't quite get that. So then Lovejoy also also offers to help her to prove that it's hers. So basically he's now like working on behalf of the Greek Orthodox Church, of Lord Dunwich and of Pangloss, who's not the Church of Pangloss, Father Neokos is not a priest, and the last of the Oscots, so four people yeah. already. Although I don't know, I, I'm sort of wavering between, does she on the one hand has probably the best claim, but on the other hand, no, because you lot nicked everything. Like everything that you had, you nicked. So yeah. Again, we're it's a bit, we're almost a bit like the Nazi thing again. If it was nicked and then it went from it person went, to person, and who does it belong to? How far back do you go? You know, it's hundreds um, of years ago, isn't it? Exactly. Just... Well, at least three hundred years, because that's how long the Arcos has been dead. Apparently. Yeah. So then Charlotte finally gets annoyed when she finds out that Lovejoy is now working for four different people. <laughs> yeah. She's it's like, a bit like one man, two governors. I don't know how he does it because <laughs> I couldn't keep track. And if I was having to actually do different jobs or do the same job for these people, but I, I yeah, would... I suppose the thing is, all, all, what all he's doing is trying to find hedging out his the bets, truth, isn't, isn't, he? isn't it? So he's hedging his bets because he knows that if he finds out the truth, one of them will pay him. Yeah, and the others might not. But yeah. they probably should because he'll still have found out what they asked him to find out, which was ultimately the truth. So if he plays his cards right, he should get four loads of money at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last of the Uscocks, the Albanian lady, whose name I've forgotten again. Lara. Sorry, Lara. Lara Iskander. I, I didn't realise I'd written this down. She says Archbishop Pangloss was a pirate priest of a renegade church. How cool is that? Imagine if that was your job title. What do you do? Do you get it I'm on your pirate business card? Of a renegade church. I think you should have it on your email signature <laughs> and your do. business card. <laughs> it's amazing, it's, isn't it? Yeah. So then, so then. So Father Niarchos, who's not really Father Niarchos, who is just Nicky, um, the priest, turns up 
I said, is there? I mean, I, did, well, I actually don't know where he turns up to. Is it to Love Door Antiques? No, he goes to um, Charlie's to where Wally and Tink to, are to get yeah. the pit. This wants, is where I start getting to, really confused. Yeah, because he wants to buy the sketch now, but he's offering like 12 grand, which is obviously way more than it's worth. And this is why I got a bit confused. Yeah, I was like, what's he up to? Why does he want the sketch and why is he willing to pay so much for it? And then he offers to gamble. So like, again, with... Oh, with Wally. Yeah, yeah and, if and I'd paid a lot more attention at the start, I would have been like, oh, that's... Yeah, the gambling thread runs through. It's a very clever bit of writing. Yeah. Although I do like... Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember whether it was him who said this or Lara, but the best quote is, we may have raped and plundered the Adriatic, but we were devout Christians. <laughs> 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 just like, I love that quote. It's brilliant. Quote. So, yeah, it's a bit confusing, like, because then, you know, so Nikki puts his car at up at stake for mm. this so I was like does he think does he think he's can like gamble and win and therefore win the sketch and he's not really planning to pay 12 grand for it he just thinks he can win yeah. through gambling it was very I was a bit confused at that bit and then a Dutch guy turns up at the Cavendish yeah. auction house claiming that Artifarian is his I would and like well. to say at this point I realised what had happened and I was very proud of myself yeah because the Dutch had hired Archbishop Pangloss because the Dutch obviously want to get rid of the sea they were reclaiming the land to yeah. create more of their you know farming land or whatever and the dutch guy to stop it all flooding yeah he's like that belongs to us archbishop pangloss came to us and he did the ritual in the sea and he for us and then somehow it's ours which is a slightly dodgy claim because <laughs> all i've written down is arch dot p dot archbishop pangloss kept throwing communion sets in the sea and then i've written aha <laughs> so pleased with yeah. myself but this is so yeah so the idea was he d- he'd done it to try and uh tame the waves so that they would which mm. they, arguably they did as well because it's it a bizarre worked. explanation for why um because actually if you cross the north sea from that bit of suffolk where do you end up the mm. netherlands and actually they did reclaim a load of the land and what happened dunwich on sea got flooded and drowned yeah. so you know arguably the whole water miracle with your communion set malarkey has something in it so so you figured out at this point that because he deliberately chucked them in the sea that it wasn't treasure trove then the, you were i i figured out that it had come from dunwich in the first place so at this point i ah. made a list of all the people who claim to have a claim on mm. the communion because set. because the why. dutchman's asked lovejoy to find the provenance and lovejoy's just gone I will. <laughs> like, I totally will. Absolutely. And so at this point, I have got Lara brackets, last does cock, close brackets, Dutch bloke called Birdcamp, who, who, uh, says the Dutch had welcomed Pangalos and he threw the communion set into the sea from and for Holland. For the Dutch Nikki. Land Reclamation Society. That's who he belongs to. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, uh, I've written Nikki, weird Greek, weird oh. Greek gambler. <laughs> Poor Nikki. <laughs> Weird Greek gambler. Uh, the Greek Orthodox Church. The Greek Orthodox um, Church in London. Greek Orthodox Church in London, because there are many... And, and then obviously Lord Dunwich stroke Charlotte, because yeah. Charlotte wants to figure out um, who owns it so mm. she can legitimately sell it, and Dunwich is the one who doesn't believe that he does legitimately own it, but wants to sell it. Yeah. Would you like to know what I wrote down at this point? Yes, I would. I wrote down in all capital letters, there are only seven minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I is going wrote, on? Lovejoy and Charlotte have a row. Oh, that's what I wrote. That's my next line. Charlotte and LJ have a row because he is being paid seven times for the same job. Fair enough. 
And we get some background about Pangalos, though, and how he ended up in the UK. He did end up in the UK. It said he came over with William and Mary, and they were obviously mm. Dutch, and they came over And then, um, what well, I read in my notes, it was, it was fucking Dunwich. It was Dunwich it was, Church. It was we Dunwich. all know this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. so basically he came over with William and Mary. He was The idea was that he would save Dunwich from the sea by doing his communion set ritual. That went well. And that's why, and that's how Lord Dunwich had found it, because it was washed up, I guess, or whatever. And also it didn't Well, we know we do find out how he found it, but yeah. Well, we know he goes diving, because we see him in his awful diving gear, don't we? Isn't that lady? We see her. Oh, her, sorry, yes, we see her in her awful diving gear. So basically, yeah, so so Lord Dunwich has found it, well, rather Lady Dunwich has found it on a dive... But she, because oh, yeah, she keeps going back to look what her old place looked like. I know, bless her. Yeah, so she's found it on a dive. But yeah, Lord Dunwich, the reason he's being so cagey and he hasn't told anyone how he found it is because yeah, he believes it will be treasure trove. He should have reported it, and he won't hmm. make money out of it. So he's pretending that he just came across it somewhere. And then this is where we find out that yeah, it was indeed the Dunwiches that hired Nikki to confuse the provenance even further. So to add purposely add like another thing into the mix yeah so there was to to you know really force that thing of like well you absolutely can't prove it because if all these people say it's yeah. theirs and he's just trying to cause peak confusion actually that's what mm. Dunwich is doing is just like you know what you can't get to the bottom of this and so yeah as, as em says mm. it's um, maybe it's even possible it's that there's no such thing as the church of pangalos <laughs> <laughs> but there's a church of anything i mean isn't there a, a, a technically you can be a jedi now and declare it on well, or is that yeah, yeah. you know yeah. pangalos yeah. makes me think of what are those animals called are they what oh, pangolins. pangolins oh they're so cute they look like they're inviting you in all the time but they're not sure if you want to come in that's my favorite what, thing Pangolins. They, they look like this. They're like, oh, only if you're sure. I'm just googling oh. a picture of a pangolin. I'm telling you, you don't need to do that. I'm doing it. Only if you're, only if you're. Yeah, I mean, you do look uncannily like a pangolin right now. <laughs> I'm looking at endless pictures of pangolins on my screen. There's a, there's a particularly cute just... one where it's doing the little face that M oh, does. Little face that M does. Let's have a look at the little face. So yeah, so basically they they kind of figure oh, out. Oh, a what... little face. <laughs> little so face. Cute. How could they um, be responsible for a pandemic? They, I don't think it was. That was all, you know. Oh, I mean, they're just so sweet. Um, yeah. So basically, so this is where we discover what's been going on, and then the Dunwiches realise that they are in fact the legal owners of the Artifurian because, as we we're saying, Pangalos knowingly discarded it yeah. into the sea mm-hmm. on purpose. So, and that is therefore it's not treasure trove, and so yeah. it's theirs. So it was theirs all along, and actually this. All this faff was just totally pointless. I it's a bit off, though, because if it if it was this might be exactly what Polly was just going to say. Actually, go on. If it was a votive offering, is that actually discarding? I mean, he well, was giving it to that God. That is what I was going to say. He wasn't just chucking it in the bin, was he? No, he's given it to God, so it technically belongs pact, to God. Right? And I would argue it therefore technically does belong to the church, and actually the existing church, church, which is the Greek Orthodox Church, because the other one kind of doesn't exist anymore. It is arguably the property of. The Greek Orthodox Church because it was given to God. That's my. I think God owns it. I'm what would you. Jesus do? But what interested me was what is the process for this? So legally for treasure trove, like you know, how would you prove that it was knowingly discarded? Like they can't prove that they were. Yeah. They presumably don't, they haven't got a piece of paper. Well, even if they did, how would you prove it was well, authentic? So maybe if you found like just a ring or or an expensive coin or something, I guess you could say that was just lost or discarded. But if you find, like, a hoard, that's a bit different, isn't it? Well, that's what I'm saying, like, you know... Yeah, but 
I mean, because it was found, like, in the church. It could have just been left there, like, thinking this is in a church, it will be safe, mm. and then the church goes underwater. That's not discarded. Like, how... Even if there was a, a document saying that this is what Pangalos did and that he did throw this into the sea, I mean, there's not... Is that enough proof? Like, who decides? Is there... I just got really interested in the process. Is there some sort of, like, Which arbitration panel in the uh, treasury? You, that that look at the... you just sit there and people email in and say, I found this. What what yeah. is it and can I keep it? And you've got to figure it do, out. Because oh, it's, it's to do with something that it's to do with intention. Mm. So how do you prove someone's intention from like 400 years ago? No, it's oh, true. But, but we know Pangloss's intention. It was to stop Dunwich going into but the we, sea, which didn't work and he drowned. Yeah. But, but, how do you, but how do you prove that unless there's a, you know, a bit of writing from Pangloss at the time saying what he was planning to do, but then it, even if that was there, how would you authenticate it? I don't know. I just, I was interested in the process of like, how would you prove or and show... I would still I would still argue by the way that he, 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 his miracle did work but not the one that we're talking about but an earlier one because when Dutch he was one. in the Netherlands yeah because yeah, when he was in the Netherlands I reckon that by definition if his miracle in the Netherlands had worked the sea had to go somewhere where did it go Dunwich on sea yeah. that's my theory I agree and then he went I'm to Dunwich you. and to perform another miracle and God went you can't have it both ways <laughs> yeah. you can only have one side which of side do you sea. want of the North Sea do you want <laughs> Suffolk or do you want the Netherlands which is it to be because you know you're just you know being greedy now so i think i think miracle one worked miracle two not so much yeah that's so, my theory so this time it's a happy ending for everybody not really, really not everybody well. except everybody except charlotte so the dunwiches are happy because they get their um they it's not really. Their it's a happy ending for the one guy in it who's a total asshole, who is Lord yeah, Dunwich, which is a bit yes, really. and, and let there by extension Lady Dunwich. So they're happy. They're happy because they get to go. They decide to sell it in New York, where they'll get. More I don't think she it, cares about the money though. She just cares about her sketch, which she did get. We've forgotten to mention this. Horrible about Suffolk as he well. Is. He's horrible about everything, and I think yeah, I, I did feel a bit. I mean, yeah, she, she's got her sketch and everything, which is almost by the by because if it hadn't been for all this communion thing, she'd just have gone and bought it to start yeah. with. And it would have been a lot easier. He is the ultimate thing that Lovejoy is always fighting against. And he goes, oh, I'm not going to sell it in some backwater auction house in Suffolk. I'm going to sell it in New York. And he's in the entirely for profit, this beautiful, this beautiful religious, this this beautiful religious artifact. Which is worth so much in terms of history. And, you know, and I hate in a way that he's, got away with that yeah. and he's going to make a load of money out of selling this beautiful thing oh, yeah that... I, mean, I mean i don't think it's a happy i mean it's a happy ending for him that's all i meant and and well actually and also for lovejoy because he gets paid 20 times over does he yeah, then it he is says, charlotte who really gets it's charlotte who is like yeah it's not a happy ending for charlotte because i mean does he get paid every because are, are they all going to argue that even that's left hanging a little bit they're going to argue well you didn't actually establish the thing i paid you to establish they should all pay him yeah, but I, I'm just wondering if they will all pay him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how watertight his contracts are. The other thing yeah. is, what on earth happened with Wally and Tinker? Like that subplot, that you know, we're at the end now. It I have no bit. idea what happened with with um, Charlie's dad, and we did find out where Charlie was though, because I've quoted this in previous episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, flopping about on a beach in the Cayman Islands <laughs> under under an assumed name. We haven't mentioned this. That's no, true. So it's kind of implied, isn't it, that he's there for like tax reasons, like I, I oh, yeah. just being a non-dom or something. Yeah, and he's given he's given a false name. And whose name is he given? He given he's, he's given Lovejoy's name and Tinker's. 
When he sends yeah. him a postcard, he's like, Care about Tink- Tinkerdill. He's <laughs> like, oh my God. So Tinker first and then Lovejoy. Hasn't he given them Lovejoy's name and then when his dad goes, his dad gives them Tinker's name? Yeah. Oh, maybe. that might His dad then actually. assumes Tinker's name. So they're both, they've both, uh, you know, buggered off mm. under, yeah. under pseudonyms. Although Lovejoy, what did he give as a first name? Because, come on, surely he did not yeah, you can't set up say... some sort of account in the Cayman Islands under Lovejoy. N- name, please. Just Lovejoy. Yeah, Lovejoy, just, comma, J. Just Just Lovejoy. Yeah, just Lovejoy. Justin Lovejoy. Justin Lovejoy. No, no, Mister. No title. <laughs> just leave the box blank. Oh dear. So that's the end. I mean, it is the end. I did enjoy it, but what did you guys think? I, I really love it. I really, really love it, but only because oh, I don't. Know, I really like this. I really like this. It's got so much interesting historical the history stuff. It's great, isn't it's it? It's gorgeous and lovely. And when it comes to the what did I learn, I'm not sure what to say because I can't remember how much I knew before and how much I learned from this. Mm. And it's all very cool. And I'm very excited. I like history. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah, Helen looks less excited. Oh, it was too complicated. I was quite confused quite a lot of the way through. I didn't realise who Nicky was, that he was that, you know, because it was obvious if you were paying attention that he was in on it with the Dunwiches from the beginning. But... I wasn't. I must admit, I, I kind of lost interest in the plot when I realised that Richard Marner was in it, and I hadn't noticed that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, and you so you got I distracted. I hadn't noticed it as a teenager. I was like, oh my god, it it is, it is him. And then I was, and he looks exactly the same. And I was very excited <laughs> I about don't that. Oh, I missed that. Well, probably because I'm not, you know, I'm not a bigger lower low fan. So what? What, what marks that ten? I did really like it. I'm gonna. I'm a bit torn because I feel like I just keep giving eights. I can't yeah, give another so eight, I. can I? But I think I'm. I think I'll give it a seven point seven five. Can I do that? God, Round this is all getting very cool. Round it We're going to be giving like you know a, a seven and seven eights yeah. or whatever. No, by I'll, the gi- end, I'll give we? it an eight. I I did enjoy it. I I liked the um all the the history stuff like Polly just said, um and I and I really like the treasure trove stuff. It's so cool. Wouldn't it be great to find some treasure? I'm going to give it an eight point five. So yeah, there you are quibbling oh, about wow. your eight. I'm giving it an That's eight point five. I really like it. I like, um, cause she does play a very different character. I love Gwen Humble in this. I love that it was, which I haven't said this actually, it was directed by Ian McShane. He's directed oh, yeah, his wife. Yeah. I know we've mentioned, referenced it in other episodes, but she's so lovely in this. I think there's a character. She's so just chilled and she's not a stereotypical American. And I think we've yes, seen a lot of Americans in Lovejoy. Like last week and we saw Tex and whatever. And, and we had the, your man from Wyoming who wanted to turn Felsham Hall into a like wild west, whatever mm. it was. And here, or ranch, wasn't it? And here you have, you know, this, a quirky loon and she could be, you know, she could, be a loon from anywhere. She's not a, a stereotypical American. She's not an American she loon. She's just a generic no. loon. <laughs> she she's you know you, it, it, that the character would have been as believable if you'd made it this sort of odd little old lady with cats, you know, yeah. living in. It's a, uh, but she plays it so well. She's so she's really likable. I think she's so likable. But it does make you I wonder well, how on earth did she get married to Lord Dunwich? But maybe that's so stupid. It's because she wants to return to her ancestral home. Yeah, I'd like to know how she wooed him. Because mm. they don't seem a great match, do they, really, mm-hmm. the two of them, I have to say. But, yes, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm giving it an 8.5 because I really, really like it. And I like, as you know, episodes that relate to religious yes. things. Yeah, I did like it. And I like that the Treasure Show stuff was interesting. It was quite like quite a cool little twist. And the fact that basically the whole facade, of the whole, the whole edifice that they're trying to build up was completely pointless because it was theirs all along. And I kind of like that. And they went to all this effort 
that yeah. I didn't need to go to. I kind of, I, I, you know, that was quite sort of weirdly satisfying for me. Well, the ending was a bit strange. Like, you know, it's normally that you have a nice all's well that ends well and it was not but um they all sort of blamed lovejoy at the end when he said i paid for it and me and me and it's like well you paid for him to find out where it yeah. came from and now and they did. have like he you're all annoyed that lovejoy hasn't proven that this thing belongs to any of you and arguably it the whole it doesn't. place doesn't belong to mm. any of you or yeah. it, well it belongs to lord dunwich by default but you know yeah, yeah. so i mean so i i think i would give it seven just because i i did i did like it there's lots of good things she was a great character and lady dunwich was fabulous tinky is just brilliant tinky um but yeah it just wasn't quite i just was a bit too confused but that so it's probably more about my own ability to follow it than anything else because it was it was very well written i wish they'd made a bit more of um charlie's dad like i think i feel like that plot just ran out of steam a bit yeah, they did not make enough of Charlie's dad. In this series, you have Charlotte's dad and you have Charlie's dad, and both, I think, could have been used mm. more and in more episodes. Yeah. It, the whole backstory with Charlie, and I thought that was interesting, and I thought it was quite sensitively done because we have seen Charlie and how touchy he is and how he, it, he he's always covering up. This is the problem when you try to get into a world that you know you don't quite belong in. Yeah. yeah. And, and we saw the backstory behind that, which I thought was a really nice touch, actually. Yeah. I really love this episode. Can you tell? Really, really love <laughs> yes, it. It is nice. So what? So you, so Polly, you're saying you're not sure what you learned because I you... am. I learned this time because I've I've watched it so many times before, and I think this is where I did learn the thing initially years and years and years ago about if something is discarded. Although I stand by the fact that can you argue this was discarded because it mm. it, it wasn't like oh I don't want that. It's different. But anyway, I learned that years ago. But this time doing research for this podcast, I learned that the us cops. They uh, they did exist and they did plunder the Adriatic. Yeah. So I learned that. I learned well. I I learned either one of two things, <laughs> and and I kind of hope that in a way that it that it is the second thing. I learned that other people have my exact understanding of how your past lives work. There are the same people every time. You don't all remember each other. You knew each other in different ways. There's just a hundred or so of you. That's that. And if you're kind of lucky, then you might make your way back to where you were before and have a nice time. So I either learned that other people think that as well as me, or I learned that I decided that from watching Lovejoy. <laughs> in I reckon you decided it from watching Lovejoy because it's it's such a it's such a, a sort of comforting, pleasing thought. It makes everything feel. Like like if you lose touch with someone, I'm like, don't matter. See them next time. I like I don't mind. I'll, you know, I mean, I might not remember when I see them next time, but I won't remember me now, so it'll be fine. Um, so potentially, I learned that my entire ethos on life after life death and li- life before joy. death it comes from love joy. <laughs> I mean, I'd known uh, like much of my just general ethos comes from love joy. I mean, that's who knew it was so formative. Well, I think that I learned. I mean, yeah, similar to Polly, really, like about the us, us Cox, us Cox never would have known anything about them, and this whole idea of you know chucking your communion sets into the sea, and this kind of these rituals that's all really interesting. So that that kind of historical side of it was really fascinating for me. So yeah, I feel a bit better informed about random Christian pirates <laughs> in the late Middle Ages. It's very niche, isn't it? It's quite niche. And antique of the week. Can I, and I'm going to just leap in and, and just claim, 
which I feel is appropriate given the topic of the year. I'm going to also lay claim to the communion set. <laughs> well, it would go with all your toast racks as well, wouldn't it? It would nice go with all ribbon. my toast racks. I can just surround it by toast racks and, and Bibles and all the other things that I've it's got that lovely picture of uh, Tinker doing a weird it's, face it's on it. It's got a nice picture. The patron saint of Uzo was uh, Lovejoy said again. I'd like to point out how relevant my drink choice was this week. Um, no, I, I just love, I do like, because I grew up in the sort of Catholic tradition, which is not as uh, bling as the Orthodox tradition. Mm. But we still, still you know, we like a bit of bling. Yeah. It's quite, quite bling. bling. Compared to the, you know, Anglicans and the Methodists and all mm. of those other Protestants, it's it's quite bling. Yeah. So I want the communion set. Like a bit of it's bling. mine. It's mine. It's I lay bling. claim to it. So in that case, I mean, I think I'll have the lovely sketches of Dunwich because they were very nice. And it's quite fascinating. I do find it quite fascinating as well. You know, these kind of lost... There's obviously other places, aren't there? Like lost villages under a lake and... You know, towns that have gone into the sea, and it is, it is, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's romantic, quite captivating, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, the idea this is the Atlantis of Suffolk. When they say you can hear the church bells ring on a still night, and they're ringing under the sea. Yeah, and you know the sketches were lovely little sketches, and I do, I do like a sketch, a nice sketch. So yes, I'll have those, please. I'm going to choose something simply for Arwell, our friend Arwell. I liked <laughs> Nikki's sports oh, car. car. I don't know what kind of car it was. I just liked that it was that sort of weird custardy yellow colour and I thought it looked cool. So Arwell is now... Oh, it was awful. Furious and screaming like like a ghost at the podcast because we can't hear him. What sort of car it was and what year it was. And and... screaming at us for (laughs) pronouncing his name incorrectly yet again. Yeah. Probably. Well, I'm not Welsh... Have, is there anything that you haven't men- have you is there anything you haven't mentioned crucially I've mentioned all my things which make me feel as though I didn't really have quite as much as I thought I had when I came smugly onto this podcast going <laughs> I've done a lot of research but, and then every question you asked me I went oh I don't know um, <laughs> you do it was a very rich episode I think the one thing I couldn't find for sure, and I'm sure it's there somewhere, is more information about the throwing of communion sets into the sea. But I do know that people have always made um, kind of sacrifices in various mm. forms to various gods forever and ever, as far back as there are any kind of records. So. Yeah, aren't we funny little animals? Like yeah. pangolins, but like with pangolins. opposable thumbs that can throw things into the sea. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, pangolin couldn't do it because they couldn't grip with the little pangolins. Little just threw, just wouldn't threw be able COVID to into hold, you know. the world. So that is it from us this episode. It is. From us, we're going to get, get tweets now from the Pangolin Appreciation Society <laughs> saying, "Don't tarnish, don't don't slander pangolins." With um, your... Have just before we finish, have you both started doing your little runny runs for the run run? yeah no I'm doing okay I mean I've just been like in a holding pattern for a while because I, I was trying to I was training for the original date in April and now I've just and then I've just been like stuck at that so I am gonna but I am gonna ramp up in about six weeks time and start to go a bit longer but yeah I, I'm, I think oh it's exciting it's exciting so, and actually listeners in case you're not sure what we're talking about um loved it actually we're running we're running the Royal Parks half marathon in October to raise money for Royal Trinity Hospice and yeah, we'd love it if you might chuck us a sponsor. You can you can come and find out how to sponsor us online by going to uh, lovejoyactually.com forward slash trinity or we've got links in the show notes or we've got links on our social media as You've well. You've got no excuses what she's trying to say. Yeah, please sponsor. Even if it's like £2. Give us your money 
Or not us. I mean, give us give give the Royal Trinity Hospice your money. Give Royal Trinity Hospice your money. They looked after Dudley Sutton. They did, and they look after stuff, hundreds and hundreds of people, and they're wonderful, and we love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our local. It's our local hospice. So I've got you know direct experience of them looking after people. So it's dear to all yes. of our hearts. Um, but if you you can also just follow our general um, antics online at Lovejoy Apod on Instagram and on Twitter um, or join us on Patreon which is patreon.com forward slash Lovejoy actually and you'll find um, outtakes and cocktail recipes <laughs> and we'll probably post um, some training diaries and I still need to post the audio yes. from when we met up in real life oh, for the first time. Oh my I gosh, we missed that and there's some wonderful pictures. So I will, I will post that, yeah. And we had a, lo- we we had had a, a really lovely, lovely time. time. Good time was had um, by all. It was wonderful. By all. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's good night from us, Cox. <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> uh, I don't, right. That's brilliant. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye. <everybody>. Bye. <laughs> Let's tell the truth.